Welcome to the Light Switch Podcast by Luminate Student Ministries, a place for the skeptic, the Bible believer, as well as everyone in between. As you know, our world is often in the dark. Our hope is to flip the switch on topics surrounding biblical engagement, apologetic arguments, spiritual formation, and emotional wellness. We want Jesus Christ to illuminate every aspect of your life so that you can shine the light of Christ in every situation. Hey everyone, my name is Matthew. Welcome to the Light Switch Podcast. I am your host of this uh, podcast and we are very excited uh, to bring you part two of our discussion on Has Science Killed God? We started off with uh, Randy Pister who uh, brought to us the discussion around origins. Uh, and so if you've missed the discussion on part one, uh, we would, I would highly recommend you go check that out. Um, just also a quick update. We are almost to a hundred followers. I think the last time I checked we were at 96. Uh, so if you haven't yet, uh, please like subscribe, follow, do all of those things that you're supposed to do on all of those other platforms. Um, and, uh, we would love to be able to make it to a hundred followers before, the end of May as, uh, that's our, the conclusion of our first season. So we are super excited about, uh, all that God has done, uh, with this podcast. A lot of the comments we've had walking through Keystone church, uh, here in Ann Arbor, uh, Michigan, and, uh, just hearing about, uh, a lot of the, uh, cool feedback that we're getting from, from these episodes is, has been really encouraging. So, uh, Leave us a comment, leave us a five-star review, and I, I think that's so heavy-handed when people are like, leave us a five-star review. Like, that's terrible. Um, but I'm excited this morning. Uh, I have another one of my friends uh, in the hot seat, I guess you could call it. We always try to say that with Randy. I don't know what we want to call that. Um, but uh, this morning, uh, we are going to be chatting with Ethan Hillman. Oh, excuse me. Dr. Ethan Hillman. He's <laughs> cringing right now. Um, so, Ethan, welcome, man. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for having me on the podcast. Yeah. It's my podcast debut. Oh, that's right. Officially. I, I forgot to say that. I was going to totally make fun of you. Of like, you listen to podcasts, you you watch YouTube videos, you do all the whole, the whole gamut. Consume, consume, and, consume. And now... You get to produce. <laughs> well, you produce. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you just get to sit there and yep, talk. Exactly. <laughs> Easy <laughs> job. That actually sounds like a great, sounds great. I, maybe maybe I should get an intern or resident to just there produce for us. There you go. <laughs> so, um, so, Ethan, we're super excited to have you. Um, I just want to do a quick recap of uh, Randy's podcast, and then we'd like to introduce you and hear more about who you are, okay? Great. Um, so in Randy's uh, podcast, we talked again about origins, uh, talked about um, the idea of information uh, and where did information come from, uh, what was it that uh, I, anytime you find uh, information in the world, it's always assumed that there was a designer or a contributor to that information, um, and that's exactly what we have in our cells and in our DNA. Um and so the thing that uh, was really cool with us landing with Randy's discussion was uh, it is uh, about time uh, that we start being, um, uh, the term is intellectually honest, but I, I hate that phrase. But, uh, but we look at, okay, this isn't a God of the gaps argument. This isn't a, 
Um, we don't know, so we're just claiming God or we're just hoping that we're right or any of those things. Uh, this is a, we're seeing something in the created world that there is, and there was plethora of quotes and there was a plethora of um, resources that were uh, posted with that podcast. You could see that in the, in the descriptions of the episodes. Um, but uh, to land the plane, we kind of saw that there was an important distinction between making a claim of, of, of a lack of knowledge. We don't know, so God must have done it, to what well, we see all of this information and we're not sure where it came from, but anytime we see information anywhere in the world, there's always something behind it, um, some form of intelligence behind that information. So uh, the goal of that podcast, as well as the goal of this podcast, is to promote the idea of curiosity, uh, that we step into these conversations with more questions than we do necessarily um, belligerence or um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say inclusion, but that's that's not the right word. Um, Be exclusion? Like, yeah. Uh, like without, yeah. Well, I, think, I think the term I'm looking for is like uh, open-mindedness mm. to where the observations take us. To right? different hypotheses. Yes, not yes. Not necessarily theories. Correct. But possible yes. uh, explanations. Yes, yes. Uh, and to have a seat at the table for intelligent designers and a seat at the table for uh, a, a divine or, uh, as one of the quotes said, we can't allow a divine foot in the door. Mm. Well, what if that's the what if that's what happened? That then then that would be <laughs> scientifically you would be able to see that. And so that's our hope um, is, is that we walk away from this podcast with more uh, curiosity and um, uh, more of an opportunity to have a discussion with friends and ask questions and to hear perspectives um, without necessarily uh, burning them alive, <laughs> for <laughs> lack of a better term. Uh, so. Uh, with that, uh, we talked with Randy about origins. That brings us to the cell. Uh, and now uh, we're talking with Dr. Ethan Hillman. Uh, and we're going to hear more about his story and his past. So uh, let's, and what brings you and why you're sitting in the seat you're sitting in. So let's, uh, let's, let's uh, jump, into, jump into that discussion. Okay, so, Ethan, welcome again. Yes, thank you. Good Pleasure to, have, to be here. Yeah, man, it's good to have you, and um, this is your podcast debut, so we get to... We get <laughs> you to, like some intro music. I know, right? Like, <laughs> give you a theme music. I can make that happen. I can make that happen. You know a guy. Uh, I know a guy, yeah. Um, so, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, tell us uh, your background, tell us what you do, um, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, you have uh, in a. It's awesome because in our outline, you you have your childhood. Yes. So tell us about your, yeah. tell us yeah. about your childhood, Ethan. Lay back <laughs> into the therapist chair yeah. and hash <laughs> yes. it all out here yes. in real time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's after I edit. Yeah. All of it. Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah. So uh, 
I am a postdoctoral fellow here at the University of Michigan. Uh, I work in the Department of Internal Medicine and also in Microbiology and Immunology. Okay. Um, I study less about humans, per se, than yeah. I do the bacteria that live <laughs> uh, in, on, and around us. Yeah. Um, but really interested in those implications yeah. for, for human health. Yeah. And so how did, how did I get there? How does yeah. one arrive at that? Yeah. Um, it probably actually stems from this idea of curiosity, which, which you were uh, yeah. you know, talking about in terms of what we're going to discuss today, but also um, just sort of following some paths and doors and, and being open to new opportunities. Uh, and so, yeah. uh, as you said in my outline, I can tell you about all the way back as a like childhood, uh, how I, like, I grew up in the church. Yeah. Uh, my mom was a secretary at our church, and so literally, like, grew up in the church. Yeah, uh, running like, literally. around, literally, literally. like, <laughs> running around, getting into yeah. closets and things that yeah. you know you don't normally get into on Sundays, yeah. and just you know, getting yelled getting at the by youth, the pastor. Yeah, getting like, the youth pastor away from his sermon prep and going to shoot basketball yeah, in the auditorium and awesome. all of all of that nonsense. So it was Wesleyan Church. Uh, we never really talked about science, though. Uh, I, I can't remember a single sermon or yeah. even like youth group us talking about science and the Bible and uh, any of that. Um, that like they, literally breaks my heart. Right. On so many levels. <laughs> yeah. So this would be like the 90s, 2000s era yeah. just for full, full context. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, it seemed normal, but, you know, there's like a segregation of yeah. church and science, yeah. if you will. There was actually a study done um, back in 2015, and it, it asked the question of how many youth ministries were talking mm-hmm. about science. Uh, yeah. And I think the study was done between 15 and 2015 and 2020. I can't, I can't quite remember. No, it was sure. 2015 and 2017. And they said within that time span, only 2% of wow. the youth ministries that were out there had a discussion about science. Sure. Uh, and it was a purposeful discussion about science. Uh, yeah. Like, like two or 3% of the youth ministries nationwide had discussions around science. Yeah. Uh, that's, I guess, so my experience is normal. Yeah. And then here we are an outlier yeah. as Luminate. You know? Yeah. We're, <laughs> you're a couple standard deviations yeah. out. You're, you're an outlier. Yeah. Uh, we usually just get eliminated from the stats because right. it's like, well, you guys are doing weird things. So <laughs> None of which is heretical, just so we're clear. We're not doing quote unquote weird things. Weird. Okay. <laughs> Air quotes here, people. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they're half the listeners too. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> stick with us, guys. More stick half. with us. They're more than half. Oh, Although we man. have people in Seattle. Like, there are Crazy. people in Seattle that are listening to us. What's up, Seattle? It's great <laughs> to hear you guys. It's like 13 downloads, yeah. every, or 13 downloads every seven days. It's like, that's great. What? You guys are great yeah, out yeah. there. But uh, yeah, so circling back, the yeah. only thing I can remember about science there is. Uh, like as I was leaving for college and I was going to study biology oh and chemistry, someone was like, you know, you got to be careful. They're going to try and take your faith as you get into a science discipline. Yeah. Uh, it's like, okay. Um, Wait, didn't you go to, uh, it says you went to Anderson University. 
Yeah. Yeah. Isn't so this a is Christian a, a Christian <laughs> Church of God affiliated <laughs> university. Um, but people in the church are still worried that these science departments within oh Christian universities, uh, you know, are going to try to deconstruct my, yeah. my faith. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, growing up also like, so I had this Wesleyan church and yeah. then my school that I went to is actually sort of like a, a homeschool co-op sort of thing. And it was at a Baptist church. And so we yeah. had chapels every week and our science textbooks literally taught a seven day creation. creation. Yeah. Um, so that's where I was getting my, my science and uh, how to understand creation and the Bible yeah. all in, in one and didn't yeah. really have a lot of other viewpoints until high school. I switched from that school to public high school, mm. um, ninth grade, throw me into freshman biology. And, you know, a couple of weeks oh in, they're goodness. like, here's how whales started walking on the yeah. planet. <laughs> like, and so, so I feel like a total imposter in this class. Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess I believe you for the test, but I don't know that I buy it. Um, <laughs> That's but incredible. Very, you know, jolting to some extent and like right. trying to not be found out by my classmates. Like right. this guy over here is, uh, right. you know, believing that all of this was done by a, a superior being. Right. Um, right. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to talk to you about this. Yeah. 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 Um, but luckily throughout high school, I, I did find a physics teacher who um, he actually tuned me into uh, a program uh, called Reasons to Believe. Uh, Hugh Ross nice. is one of the people who spearheads that and yeah. has a book, um, Creation of Science, which he actually gave me. Yeah. And uh, it talks about like the fine-tuning of the universe, goes yeah. back to like uh, math and physics, that, things that Randy sort of has yeah. hashed out and yeah. then builds that into, okay, so chemistry, biochemistry, yeah. uh, microbiology, and, yeah. and so on, and layers that. And so like this is the first time I could have a discussion with a scientist about origins and the Bible. And that was, that's that not a shot at the Baptist school strict seven-day no. creation teacher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it is. But. There, I mean, that was, to, to be fair, more homeschool. Sure. Uh, sure. Learning from books, just reading and, yeah. and taking it in. Yeah, so there's not yeah. a lot of dialogue to be had with ah. a textbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. You can't ask questions <laughs> and hope to get a response from a textbook. Yeah. So. Yep. No. Cool. So yeah. So, so that science teacher brought to you this idea of uh, Hugh Ross and reasons to believe, and um, and kind of gave a more um, scientifically. I don't want to say scientifically honest, but mm. more scientifically driven explanation to how we got here. Kind yes. of a, a, a yep. thing. Yeah. Open the doors to be like science. Uh, tells us these these observations of the world yeah. are, are here yeah. laid out say in your textbooks yeah um and then here's the bible that actually lays out yes. you know um the the why to some extent yeah. um and so helping me see that they're not mutually exclusive there's at the time i think there's still a lot of conflict not to say there's no conflict yeah um still still occurring but um that there doesn't need to be yeah conflict yeah yeah so then uh that's high school that brings you to college we already said you went to anderson university yep. you studied uh bio biology and chemistry yep you double majored yes sir wow 
That's dumb. <laughs> so it was actually <laughs> like like I don't I mean I don't like to think of myself as someone who enjoys torture, but <laughs> to double major in biology and chemistry. So I had some ulterior motives to okay. some degree. Okay. Uh, just bear with me for the path here. Hopefully yeah. there's some uh, scientists, aspiring scientists out yeah. there I can, can talk to. Yeah. But uh, So I showed up. I think I was a biochemistry major okay. when I showed up to Anderson. Okay. Um, and then I met people from both the biology and chemistry departments, which were on different floors. They're sort of separated. <laughs> they, they don't really talk to each other all that much uh, at the time. And so... Yeah. Um, both departments then were twisting my arms like, hey, hey come over to biology or come over to chemistry. Yeah. Um, and so I think chemistry is actually where I, I enjoy, I like, yeah, enjoyed that a little better. Yeah. Um, but the biology department had an award that they gave every year to the top bio student that was like, I think $5,000 cash. Oh my goodness. Um, and so I was like, I think I could, I could do it I just for that. that. <laughs> Because oh the goodness. course requirements were pretty similar. Just yeah. like take a couple extra chemistry, take a couple extra yeah. biology, yeah. squeeze them in. Um, mm. So full <laughs> disclosure, uh, it wasn't all necessarily just oh. out of the goodness or curiosity. Yeah. There, there was, this um, wasn't a, I want to know God better. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and double major. Like you said, it was torture. Yeah. So there yeah. needed to be something on the other end of it. <laughs> But it was really great to see uh, the two different departments and their approaches. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because we had a class called Integration of Faith and Science, okay. which was really helpful. Yeah. It was led by the biology department. Okay. Um, so I really got to hash some of this out with yeah. uh, faculty there. And uh, they also came from like one came from a very literalist uh, Baptist background yeah. and then has sort of like she gave us her journey over time and how she's moved away yeah. from some of those beliefs that she has. And, you know, it's nice to see like, Hey, I don't have to be married to an idea or if yeah. I do, like I can have this as a working hypothesis right. that right. can change. Yeah. Um, and then another professor. So these are actually two married professors, Dr. Apollodo okay. and Dr. Lyle Apollodo. Okay. They okay. met as faculty and, and uh, got married. Uh, um, and so okay, has to be fascinating conversation. <laughs> Wherever they went. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's exactly. Epic. Can you imagine the, the dinner conversations if they had different perspectives? We they like, invited us over for dinner. So yeah, oh, we really? got to actually That's see and peer awesome. in and behind the glass of that. That's so awesome. um and then Dr. Apollodo, um he was Catholic Roman Catholic growing up. Okay. And so had a lot of other like knowledge about even an area of religion that I didn't know yeah. much about and yeah. different stances of the Pope uh, across yeah. times and yeah. like how that all married yeah. together with science or the, any conflict that was yeah. there. So yeah, that was really helpful. And then the chemistry department had a whole nother set of views because as we kind of talked about, like they're looking at a different aspect of creation right. and origin. So right. right getting to peer into to that was really helpful and then trying yeah. to integrate it all yeah. that's the hard part yeah, like yeah, yeah. okay you say seven days you say billions of years yeah. exactly uh, who's Where's, right who's you, right you guys are you are all really smart people <laughs> exactly <laughs> but you don't agree help yeah. me understand what i'm supposed to yeah. think about this or, and i think that uh sums up the exact problem that we're trying to talk about mm -hmm. right 
Um, okay, so that brings you to Purdue University, where you ended up getting your PhD. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this where the engineering came in? Yep. Okay. So this is where uh, biological engineering was in the field of my PhD, okay. but I actually entered in an interdisciplinary life sciences program. Okay. So I kind of snuck into engineering. <laughs> uh, I had some math in uh, undergrad, but yeah. I didn't have like engineering levels of math. So okay. that kind of kept me from applying to direct engineering programs. Yeah. yeah. But this program uh, really wanted to bring people together who had uh, broad backgrounds. Okay. So I had a lot of biology and chemistry, some physics, yeah. and some math. Yeah. I could talk to the engineers um, and teach them the biology, and then vice versa. They could teach me the engineering nice. uh, side of things. Okay. And so it was a, a great program that married all of that together. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I do now really appreciate the engineering, like thinking of God as an engineer as yeah. well, which yeah. maybe we'll get into that a yeah, little, yeah. little bit later. Yeah. But uh, it's just some of the, the approaches that could be used there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so at Purdue, you know, obviously not a Christian university, right. Public, right. public school. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's interesting because I'm seeing two parallels. You started off pretty conservative, early Christian schooling, mm-hmm. then went to public school. Mm-hmm. And in public school, you had this one professor that was really, or one teacher that was really intr- instrumental. Yep. Then you went to a Christian university yep. and had great conversations with great intellectuals, scientists, the whole nine yards. Yep. And now from that Christian education, you're now again going back into a secular institution. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, okay, so you're at Purdue you're teaching engineers biology engineers are teaching you engineering and you walk out of there with a phd in biomolecular engineering chemistry biological engineering oh, we'll sorry. just leave it Let's there, leave it there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. i always mess yeah. it up <laughs> biological engineering okay yeah. um and so that's that was that brings you to here right to michigan um mm-hmm. to michigan yeah uh, so now, uh, you're also, so just to give some personal information, you're also a small group leader at yep. Luminate student or at our, at our ministry, Luminate student ministries here at Keystone church. Um, and, uh, we live in the same neighborhood, so we basically hang out all the time. Yep. <laughs> when our kids aren't sick and, yes. you know, we're not running around crazy right. trying to put out the fires right. that they're right. starting. Which you just had a kid, right? I thought you were say a fire. A <laughs> fire. We did have a fire well, last did. night, actually. How did you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had another child. Yes. This is your third, right? Yes. Uh, so congratulations Thank on that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, lots of fun, sleepless nights of... Hey, she's not doing too bad, you nice. know, don't want to jinx anything yeah, jinx, yeah. That's where's thing. the where's the real wood how do we yeah, knock on <laughs> there's some up there but yeah <laughs> so as we jump into this discussion we have some terms that we talked about in the last podcast we talked about origins um essentially uh how did uh the three different types of origins um why is there something rather than nothing uh, we talked about um, uh, how did that something become living, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then how did that living thing become thinking 
and conscious, mm-hmm. right? So those are the kind of three discussions around origin. We specifically talked about how did things become living? So how did we go from just stuff to cells, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went from, uh, so then when we talked about theistic, this idea of uh, theism, uh, and theism is just the, the counterpart to atheism, which is actually ironic because theism is actually older than atheism. Mm-hmm. Um, Christians in the Roman day were actually called atheists, which is a fun fact yeah. most, most Christians don't know. Yeah. Um, and it's because they believed in one God. Um, right. And so uh, it's hilarious that most atheists now have stolen the term back. Linguistic theft. Uh, yeah, man. There, there it, is. it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, that's a whole nother podcast, but, uh, so, uh, we talked about theism, the idea that there is a supreme maximal being out there or many maximal beings out there, mm-hmm. um, which is also a contradiction in terms. If for those of you who heard me just say that you can't have many maximally great beings, um, uh, but you have polytheism, pantheism, you have all of these different theisms. Mm-hmm. Um, and we believe uh, that there is one theis, theism or uh, one entity. Uh, so we would be monotheists. We come from a line in uh, Judaism, Muslim uh, or Islam and uh, Christianity um, or Catholicism, right? And so our, our discussion um, obviously is around science, but we talked in the first podcast about how uh, the Bible is not a scientific textbook. And we also mm-hmm. talked about how theology, uh, how, uh, sorry, how scientific texts are not theology textbooks, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and that those two have implications for each other, but that implication is really governed around the idea of philosophy, uh, which is a second order discipline, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that governs all of the things we do. You have philosophy of science, philosophy of teaching, philosophy of uh, the Bible, philosophy mm-hmm. of, you know, there are all of these different philosophies that govern what we do. And yep. one of those ideas of a philosophy of science is the scientific method, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so one of the things that we talked about there uh, was, well, as you've kind of defined in our outline today, is it's systematic observations, measurements, and experiments, uh, and the formulation and testing and modification of hypotheses. Yep. Um, which I love that last phrase, the modification of hypotheses, yeah. right? Because as you start doing experiments, which I, as as a person who works in a lab, yeah. you do experiments, you're like, well, bad, that didn't work. <laughs> yeah, almost all of my hypotheses are wrong, particularly <laughs> the start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the goal is to iterate on those. Yeah. yeah. Engineers have another little term. They call it the design, build, test, learn. Oh, and it's a cycle, so okay. you'll design an experiment. You'll actually build it or do it, yeah. um, or design, build, test. test. Okay, that's the actually doing do, it. Yeah, um, and then you learn then from you it. Learn you from get it. the the output. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you integrate that back into your new design. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure you see that with like stress tests. Uh, my brother's an engineer for the Air Force, and so mm-hmm. he does a lot of those yep. types of things. Where it's like. Hey, Perfect we're going to test this part of the plane and see what happens, you know, and mm-hmm. oh, well, we learned that it can't handle this amount of stress. And so, all right, let's build a new, a different model, right? And so then they add to that. Yeah. Uh, so then from there, we also talked about the idea of a worldview um, or a philosophical worldview and the importance of understanding that the worldviews we have inform what we do and how we do them. Um 
and then that is what's crazy about a worldview is that you also, based on your worldview, see things through a particular lens, right? Mm-hmm. And so you'll have mm-hmm. people who are usually um, uh, biblical, just because I'm Bible is my my space. Yeah. You have people who will see the Bible as literal, right? And and I, I wanted to be very clear. I do see the Bible as literal. I don't want it to you know anybody to mm-hmm. misconstrue that. But there are ideas out there uh, that uh, you can't read the Bible as entirely literal, right? Because the mm-hmm. moment you do that, you're starting to misinterpret scripture. Sure. Um, and yep. so there, what kind of genre was the author writing in? What mm-hmm. kind of um, um, what kind of literature is it, right? right. Uh, people don't look at Shakespeare and be like, hmm. This is a good biology text, you know, <laughs> and so we shouldn't yeah. do that same thing with the Bible, right? Yep. Um, and so there's the philosophical worldview, and all worldviews have to answer four questions: origin, how did we get here, um, uh, meaning or value, what are we as humans, or what is creation worth, mm-hmm. um, and then morals and ethics or um, uh, behavior, right? So what's right and wrong. Uh, and then you have some morality and then, uh, then lastly destiny, how do we end up? Uh, and <clears throat> so that brings us to the last term and that's the idea of evolution. Mm-hmm. So how would you being a bio engineer, uh, biological engineer, how would you define, uh, the idea of, of evolution? Yeah. Great question. Uh, there are a number of definitions, <laughs> so I've kind of picked out two, yeah, uh, at least today, and we might even, you know, merge into a third yeah. or fourth down the line. Right. But right. Uh, one definition is the process by which different kinds of living organisms are thought to have developed and diversified from earlier life forms, yeah. uh, like throughout the history of the Earth, Earth or the timeline yeah. that we understand. So, yeah. you know, this is sort of one thing coming from another. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about with evolution. This would be this particular definition would be more akin to the Darwinian yep. form of evolution, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, so speciation, the, yeah. that that sort of idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole animal kingdom kind of stemming from one single origin point, kind of a thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. And so we'll just go ahead. Let's go ahead and do it now. We'll talk about uh, Darwinian evolution. Yeah. And it being sort of unguided, yeah. that it's driven by chance, yeah. that there's no particular direction, yep. and it can also be filtered through natural selection. That's yep. how we that's how we explain how we got here. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's in contrast to directed or guided yeah, evolution, evolution, where there could be God as as a theist yeah. or a what would you say? Not uh, the, he's uh, not a theist. He's but he, not a theist. We're theists. But <laughs> we're theists. Yeah, what is that? He is okay. the deity. Deity. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. That is directing this towards a goal. Yes. We can't necessarily see that goal. Right. So it appears random to us. Right. But okay. that doesn't mean that it's random. Yeah, yeah. And so that's sort of one uh, set of ideas yeah. around evolution. Right. So you have guided, unguided. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what was the uh, other definition? The of- other one is probably a little more scientific. Okay. So I, I don't know how into the weeds we'll, we may not even use this again yeah. uh, other than uh, to, to talk about some scientists who, who believe have- in evolution yeah. 
and this is probably more their uh, framework that they would define yeah. for evolution. So yeah. uh, what I have written down here is that evolution consists of changes in heritable traits of a population of organisms as successive generations replacing one another. Okay. And then the sort of nuance here is that this is uh, it is populations of organisms that okay. evolved, not individual not organisms. Individual organizations. So organisms. again, okay. we'll kind of get into it later, yeah. but there seems okay. to be like you need a number of individuals, yeah, not just one, right. to evolve, right, in order for you to have like a reproducing and and further evolving yes. population. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, great. Yeah. So those are kind of the terms that we're dialoguing about this, uh, this podcast. Um, and so, uh, that then brings us to, uh, where we left off with Randy and now we pick up with Ethan is we have this cell. What, where did that cell come from is, is the discussion of origins. Um, and one thing that we wanted to kind of briefly talk about are the different theories that come from the Bible being theists. We do believe that the Bible has something to say and that there are implications from the Bible that we can say, well, the Bible says this, but I'm seeing this in science. So how do we rectify those uh, issues? So let's just jump real quick into um, ways to read the creation accounts in the Bible. Perfect. Today we're going to talk about a handful of different ways to read the uh, creation account in the Bible. And uh, this is really nicely summarized in a book called How Not to Read the Bible by Dan Kimball. Yeah. Um, so there's seven different uh, ways that he outlines. Uh, one being the appearance of age. Um, and so this idea... It stems out of. I, I'm <laughs> I see sorry. You smiling I, over there. I just. I think this is the dumbest theory <laughs> out there. I know there are some really smart people that hold to this, but this is honestly the most just ridiculous theory. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that God just created everything with what seems to be the appearance of age. Yeah. So like you can still have seven days of creation. Mm-hmm. God just made it really old looking. Yeah. Um, for, for whatever reason, maybe he needed to create it old because the properties of the old material were better than, I don't, I I don't know. Everything you're saying right now is laughable. Like, (laughs) I know, I know you're trying to be nice to these people. (laughs) I'm pretty sure John Lennox holds to this or some, some, one of these super wildly smart and intelligent people is like, yeah, no, this is plausible. And I'm like, this isn't. This isn't the, the the world of the Sims, my man. Mm-hmm. Okay, like yeah, you don't just download me and put me into a house. Okay, right. like just <laughs> reboot. I mean, like yeah, um, if that's what you want to do, okay, God could do that. Yeah, yeah, but this just seems so like in some senses it would have been just easier to reboot than than to do the whole ex- flood exactly thing, right. Like <laughs> I mean, it's like Free Guy. Yeah, that movie Free Guy. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. You ever saw that Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. so good. Oh, <laughs> such a good movie. But that's like. What this is this is all brand new like yeah anyway the appearance of age the that's, appearance of age that's one of the theories <laughs> that's one of the theories um, which also isn't falsifiable just so we're sure yep 
Just so we're clear. <laughs> yep. The the uh, next one uh, that I have on my list here is the gap interpretation. Yeah. So when we were talking about a gap, this is a gap between Genesis chapter 1 and yeah. chapter 2. Because yeah. there's actually two creation accounts. Correct. Right? Yeah. Genesis 1 and 2. Right. And when you look at them, they kind of are doing the same thing yeah. over. Right. So what, why? What's going on there? Yeah. <laughs> there's also, uh, what's interesting about this too is... Uh, it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right. Mm-hmm. But then in Isaiah, there's a whole discussion about, um, Lucifer, who's one of the angels and his falling mm. and how he fell before the foundations of the earth. Mm. And so when it says God in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, okay. So, but then the very next statement is the spirit hovered over the surface of the waters of the mm-hmm. chaos that was yeah. on the earth. And it's like, okay, when did Lucifer fall? Because that's like the first sentence and the second sentence. Yeah. <laughs> so this one, from a biblical interpretation standpoint, does seem to have some credence. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the Bible's not necessarily a scientific textbook. Uh, and so I I also see this one as harder to hold to, mm-hmm. um, as in that like it's billions and billions and billions of years. Yeah. But like there definitely there definitely is a gap. But what that gap is, again, is unfalsifiable. There's no way to test that in my perspective. Yeah. Um, and so I and, I struggle with this one. And for the readers to know what that gap is yeah. or like that assumption that would be made that, yeah. oh, yeah, obviously there's a gap. Yeah. That's not hashed out anywhere that I'm aware of. I mean, neither. Uh, granted, the original readers of this text probably had no grasp of billions of years. Right. Um, even we have a hard time grasping what is a billion years. Right. Um, but yeah, so like yeah. you're saying to just assume this, yeah. uh, it, it's plausible, right? but having the evidence to back it up is Correct. a little tough yeah. or even to, to test it correct like you could go back to other ancient literatures and, and test this a, a little bit yeah um is this a way that people thought about it yeah um and i, I think people maybe tried to do that and yeah. would suggest against it yeah but um yep so that's the gap interpretation yep. the next one is kind of similar in terms of toying with time it's the day age yep. interpretation yeah saying that okay so there's six days seven days of yep. creation yeah um and each one is a extended period of time not yeah. a day that we think of but i think it was the hebrew word yom yom yep. um and so yeah. again not laid out how long this yep. is or yep. like what was happening yep. other than what we have in, in the text correct that this is sort of step one yep. you see um, in the psalms that uh, a day in the um Mm. Uh, uh, a day is as a thousand years to God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You see, but but what's hard is that in the Hebrew, Yom is a is, I don't want to call it a placeholder, but it's 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 a it's a measurement of time, mm-hmm. right? And so the way that you determine the length of that time is based on the context that is being referred to, mm-hmm. and so this is where the day age interpretation comes from is that it says in Genesis. And the sun, the sun rose and the sun set, and that was the first day. Yep. Uh, and and so we would see that as a day. Right. Now, what's funny is people are like, it's twenty four literal hours, and you're yep. like, but how long is the sun up for? Yeah. 
typically. <laughs> and it's like... Well, and that's not created for four, three, day yeah, four, right? Exactly. <laughs> and so you're like, wait. So you can't measure by sun because yeah. that's not there for the first three. Yeah. And so there seems to be all of these problems mm-hmm. with trying to take a literal scientific reading of the text mm-hmm. and 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 overlay it with or take a reading of the text and overlay it with this a 21st century yes literal western yes. reading of the yes. text exactly yep. exactly so we don't want to read with that lens uh that's a worldview mm-hmm. and that's a problem we need to actually be in the ancient near eastern worldview as best as we can to better understand that exactly yeah. and i think that's actually where this the those are the first three interpretations then he has um uh, these next two uh, interpretations, uh, or well, this next uh, this next interpretation is one of my particular favorites, and that's mm-hmm. the uh, preparing the garden uh, as like a. Um, uh, wait, is this this isn't this the isn't one, the temple right? one? Temple okay. actually comes later. Oh, comes later. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. Or I, it's the last or second. <laughs> the to last, last one, one he okay, yeah. introduces. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. The book. So uh, preparing the garden. This is where God gets sets up his uh, space for. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the for creation. Yeah. So this one, instead of doing a gap between Genesis one chapter one and chapter two, yeah. it goes Genesis one verse one. Big gap. Yeah. Genesis one verse, verse two. two. Yeah. Okay. So you know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the yeah. earth. Yep. Lots of time passed. Yep. And then the spirits hovering over the water. Yep. And so, like, maybe that fits with some science, right? You got all these billions of years for the planets to form and actually yeah. like create water on the surface and yep. okay now that the water is there we can hover over the surface yeah but you know again right. preparing the garden and that's going right. to take because that was always something that bothered me too is like where'd the water come from yeah just immediately just, we have water yeah <laughs> it's like, oh okay yeah yeah <laughs> that's and then uh, you can imagine the the people who are watching the Mars rovers be like <laughs> Was Mars just a mistake? Like, was that like are all these planets? God, like, ah, oh, man, no, like, I, uh, I made, <laughs> too hot, too, made too, too much, cold. Ah, oh, man, <laughs> too much up, land. We too boil much up land. the water. Yep. <laughs> uh, can I get this right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not at all what we think yeah, or believe no, whatsoever no. <laughs> but it's funny to think about yeah um okay so then that's the, so that's the preparing the garden one and then you got the young earth okay and then young earth is uh humans and dinosaurs roam the earth at the same time uh you have people uh like uh josh swamidas uh and he believes that there's uh, that uh, animals roamed the earth right but then that god had a special act of creation in which mm-hmm. he brought humans in um yeah, so he doesn't necessarily go with young Earth here. Yeah. Um, I guess the point that I had him in here is that uh, the young Earth ideas are a lot of the times based on genealogy. Gotcha. Right? They want to get back. They want to do the accounting and get back to when did Adam live? live yeah. Right. So you take the gene- genealogy you have in Matthew. There's yep. also one in Chronicles. Yep. They don't quite line up. Yep. Um, so there's there's issues there. Yep. And Campbell he outlines those in the book. You can go yep. there. We're not going to hash out no. all those now. Yeah. Because um, they also try to add up all the ages in Genesis. Exactly. And so yeah. And there's a so whole you work your way there. back to roughly six to ten thousand years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um. And then uh, why I mentioned Josh Swamidas is because he's actually a geneticist, a, 
Uh, I think he heads like the genome center at Washington University. He's okay. a member of, so here's one of these scientists who yes. is a Christian. He's yes. a member of like the American Academy of uh, Sciences called AAAS. Yeah. I think I missed one of the A's, but yeah. um, regardless, yeah. he this is a fairly prestigious group of scientists yes. that he's been invited into. Um, and he has gone and talked about um, what the genea- genealogical atom would be. Um, from like a genetics standpoint. Um, and so again, not going to hash it all out here, but you don't necessarily, you can still have this genealogy and that be a historical person, but it doesn't necessarily have to be, how do I say this? Like, uh, a six to 10,000 years ago, de novo created human or yeah, yeah, I'm, Again, not going to do it all justice in right. this 15-second soundbite, but yeah. <laughs> um, very uh, appealing, intriguing yeah. uh, set of hypotheses that he yeah. lays out there. Well, yeah, because, again, this the whole point is none of us were there. Uh, mm. We have a biblical text that talks about it that's supported by other ancient Near Eastern texts. Mm-hmm. We have... Um, but even those creation accounts are absolutely chaotic and full of sex and destruction and blood and death. And this is a very unique creation account yes. that comes from there. Yep. Um, and so, again, all of these are we're, – we're not saying – except for maybe the appearance of age. Sorry, whoever the smartest person out there in the world that <laughs> believes in that uh, – we're not saying that any of these are terrible theories. We're just saying that these are all hypotheses mm-hmm. um, and that evidence should demonstrate those as hypotheses. Mm-hmm. Um, so then this is where we uh, have to make sure we talk about what, what the Bible was actually meant to tell us. Right. Mm-hmm. So we can't ask, and you have a line here that I think is really important. We cannot ask questions of the text that the text was not meant to answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's like going to a, exactly. uh, that's like going again, going to Shakespeare and asking if it ever talks about the Loch Ness, Loch Ness monster, mm-hmm. you know, Nessie is not mentioned in, <laughs> uh, uh, one of his plays. Yeah. Okay? Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Or, or Macbeth. Yeah. Right. But it should, because Nessie is supposed to be in that very area. Yeah. So clearly Nessie isn't real. Okay. <laughs> that's a terrible terrible joke uh but then the last one and this is the one i was alluding to earlier is that god's temple interpretation i think this is probably the best way to articulate this comes from john walton yep Um, this is probably one of the best ways to articulate what god was doing uh because you have heaven the realm of heaven and you have the realm of earth and every time bible project talks about this too every time that they come together there's a there's a high place Mm -hmm. there's a spot that they come together at yep um, and that's what God was looking to do. He was looking to set up his court, which he does. God created the heavens. Yep. And then God created the earth. Mm-hmm. And now this is the meeting point where yep. the divine and the created are to dwell. Yeah. I think Kimball says his throne and his footstool. Yeah. Respectively. Yeah. Uh, and and that, that, that checks out, right? With yep. all of the, the earth is your footstool and the heavens are your throne room, right? Yep. Like that's, that's throughout the Psalms. That's throughout exactly. Isaiah. That's yep. even in Revelation, right? Like mm-hmm. this is something that transcends throughout all of scripture. Yep. Um, and so this is where I like, I like this theory probably the best because again, it, it, 
gives this um, this archetype, this design that's supposed to be. And then you see that design repeated. Mm-hmm. You see Moses going up onto a mountain receiving the Ten, ten Commandments. Yep. You even see this perverted with the kings and they go to their quote-unquote high places and they yep. sacrifice their children, right? Like these are all things that fit within the ancient Near Eastern framework. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I, this is probably one of the best uh, best renderings. I mean, yep. he's written the the lost world of the garden, the lost yep. world of creation. The this is the lost world of Genesis. Yeah, one. Yeah, or lost yep. world of Genesis. That's one. Yeah, yep. um, uh, he is. He, him and his son wrote a book called the Lost World of the Torah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like this is this is I think probably John Walton. If 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 you guys ever wanted to check out things on on the Old Testament and especially Genesis. Yep. Uh, and the Torah. Uh, John Walton is an incredible resource. Yeah, it took me a couple of times actually going through the Lost World of Genesis to to really like integrate it and understand yeah. what was going on or what he's suggesting is going on. Yeah, and I think that shows a little bit about how hard it is to get into the shoes of an ancient Near East viewpoint. Right, right. Um, and and that's what he's really trying to do and encourage the readers to to yeah, do to do. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I don't know if there's much more we want to say on yeah. this exact account, but the right. idea is that these days of creation are sort of uh, steps in the process of creating the temple. So you right. sort of have to like install the pillars before you can do anything uh, like the next step. Then you yeah. have to install the pews. Like yep. again, this is talking at a sort of functional level, but right. he also argues that they uh, in the ancient near East had more of a functional creation rather right. than a material creation right. understanding. Right. Um, one chapter, I think, is entirely devoted uh, to like the verb bara, uh, yeah. which is to, to create. create. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so we have an idea of what that means versus what their idea of that was. Right. Um, and so this is like he's forming the temple and then filling it yeah. with all the necessary components and himself being the last component that is right. inserted, right? Day seven is a day of creation. Yeah. But actually nothing is created yeah. on day seven it's god coming down and dwelling and in this case is in a temple yeah and this i think fits nicely with the rest of the the pentateuch yeah. uh downstream or the torah yeah uh the next following four books yeah. after genesis of like their understanding of this is where god dwells yes uh, is in a temple yes and this is how we can interact with him yes without him coming down we don't have a way to interact with him correct correct so that then brings us to kind of the science. Right. Um, so all that's literary, uh, which is great. Um, but again, we're not able to say of the Bible that it is answering scientific questions because it is not a scientific text. However, you can say that what got us to this point is uh, has was involving a material world. And mm-hmm. science is about understanding the material world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is kind of why this matters is because if we want to be good, good worshipers, we should understand the thing that was created and we should worship yep. the God who created it and dwell in awe of the things that were created because they're wonderfully and awesomely designed, right? Yeah. Um, and so then this is where the science kind of comes in. Yep. Uh, so uh, one of your slides on here is evolutionary creation view. Mm-hmm. So help us unpack that. What, yes. what is that? So this is actually the seventh 
viewpoint yes we've unpacked six yes this is the seventh viewpoint yes um and this is circling back to our ideas of uh unguided and guided evolution yes and so in this viewpoint evolution is not necessarily uh due to chance uh or solely through natural selection or without god's involvement yeah this is a viewpoint where evolution is sort of a tool in the toolkit yeah. of God. This is where I like to say, let's think about God as an engineer, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so he's done a lot of, well, Randy's hashed out, you know, fine tuning the parameters to create yeah. the world that he needs. Yep. Uh, those fundamental laws can uh, sort of guide everything to where it needs to be. And then yep. evolution is another one of those laws yeah. uh, or the way it's thought of by say theistic evolutionists yes yes those who believe in evolution and right. that is a guided by uh a deity uh us yeah believing that that would be god yeah but other i, I believe other uh religions also have their own form of a theistic evolution it might even be right. polytheistic evolution right. but uh have a similar flavor to yeah. understanding that evolution is a tool yeah or a, a process that's used yeah. by a creator yeah uh, what's interesting about that polytheistic evolution though, uh, is we talked about this a little bit in the last podcast mm-hmm. of like, uh, one of the problems with that is that then you would fall into different realms of inconsistency unless mm-hmm. all of those deities said, oh yeah, we'll follow the same rules. Right. Which if you look throughout all of polytheistic history, so like we're talking like Gre- Greco-Roman times mm-hmm. and all the way back even to Egypt and right. Exodus none of those gods ever follow the same rules. Yeah. And so it's it's kind of far-fetched to say that there is multiple idea or that there are multiple gods out there. But I, I but I appreciate what you're saying there because it shows that we're not the only ones who can see this as a plausible mm. yep. um we're not creating this as a god of the gaps filler. Correct. Right. To just right. <laughs> say right. like, "Oh yeah, here's a problem. Well, God did it." Exactly. We're, we're not doing that. The right. other religions have also come to this maybe they're doing a god of the gaps yeah i don't right <laughs> again We're i guess that doesn't fully right. prove our point here right but right. Same, same idea of like if ideas and particularly from intelligent people are converging together yes there may be some uh overlap weight yeah to that. weight to them yeah yeah uh and so you have people like um uh so so this then would have to though uh, presuppose that the idea of Darwinian evolution is not the right, or is not is not what we're talking about. Correct. Um, and, and in fact, Darwinian evolution, by definition, presupposes you're an atheist. Um, in fact, yep. you you cannot be you can be a Christian and hold to evolution, but you cannot say, but you you cannot be a Christian and hold to Darwinian evolution. Because Darwinian evolution has to presuppose completely random, no guide, totally by chance. Nat- it's basically pure naturalism. Yep. There is no divine foot in the door for Correct. Darwinian evolution. Yeah. Great. Um, Great way to put it. Yeah. Mm. And so, so you cannot be. This is the hard part. Is we had a. Uh, this is the hard truth of the, the matter. Mm-hmm. Is that you cannot be a evolutionist, a Darwinian evolutionist. And say, yeah, there's also a God mm-hmm. um, because that can't work uh, because Darwin's 
own definition says that it's unguided, un, undirected. And mm-hmm. if you were to say then that this is again, getting more into philosophy, if you were to say then that Darwinian evolution is how it happened, but God just kind of started it. Now you're kind of proposing a deistic God that wound the clock and set it yep. in motion and stepped away and has no direction in it whatsoever. Yep. Um, and that's a problem philosophically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and that's a tricky line that I think evolutionary creationism can tow at some points or some yeah. proponents of it can yeah. tow and creates some <laughs> discourse amongst uh, different flavors of yeah evolutionary creationism or even like intelligent design uh you've got a huge book on your table in your office that's like looking at these viewpoints and i think a little bit of that is the problem is that yeah sure god uh being the great engineer that he is set this process all up and then let it go and there's no need for any special creation right no need for intervention everything's just going to run its course right and i don't think that's what the bible uh, shows us. Yeah, uh, we we don't observe that from correct scientist view correct. in the Bible right. to be true. I mean, even uh, if you don't believe in the Bible, you can't read through the Bible and say God is not involved in His creation. There's only yeah. one. There's only one time frame within the entire biblical history that God is not involved, mm-hmm. and that's in the the time period, the intertestamental period, where He literally is like, I can't handle the evil <laughs> that's here anymore, and so He goes silent for 400 years. Yep. But that silence leads to the Messiah. Right. <laughs> so, Another special act of creation. Exactly. Exactly. Right? Uh, like that you, you can't, you literally cannot say that God's like, yeah, I'm just going to abandon these people and let things run amok. Because whenever <laughs> that happens, it usually comes out with him destroying everyone. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, the flood, exactly. you know, like that, that's yep. another example of that. Right. Anyway. Um, so, but there are some people, uh, the- theistic evolutionists, that would hold to this um, this idea that God established and maintains the laws of nature uh, within an intelligent design uh, designer uh, with an intelligent designer behind the work of creation. Right? Mm. You have Francis Collins who holds to this. He's uh, wrote that book that's right there, the language of God. Yep. Uh, he also headed up the. Um, we mentioned him in our last podcast, yep. the Human Genome Project. Yep. Um, he was director of the NIH for a long period of time. He's just yeah. now stepping. Down down yeah he's was faculty at university of michigan okay so okay you know. yeah i mean like <laughs> so this guy is not an idiot no nope. right like these this is again getting back to our original point here is, is that you can be a create you can be a christian mm-hmm. and do good science yep and that is something i think needs to be articulated for our audience oh i hate to say it but again and again and again and again mm-hmm. because there are institutions that will bully you out of your worldview because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's your your warning in your childhood of uh, for going from high school to a Christian university a, yep. a science program is not unfounded mm-hmm. for many secular institutions. And even nowadays, even some Christian institutions yep. where like, yeah, well, we don't really believe that. We've been enlightened now, right? Mm-hmm. We, we know better right. now. It's like, well, well okay, <laughs> hold on, you know. <laughs> Um, and so that's again why it's so important for us to understand that this is an interdisciplinary discussion uh, between biblical literacy, philosophy, as well as scientific discovery. Yep. And those three things have to coincide hand in hand. They're the trifecta, if you will, of understanding reality. Yep. 
So this is where we're going to land uh, probably with the remainder of our time. But, Ethan, we have all of this biodiversity. We have animals. We have all of these things uh, that are wildly different in genetic codes, mm-hmm. in information, right? Um, you've got complex information. You've got simple information. You've got precise information. You've got seemingly completely random information. But that mm-hmm. random information, once you modify, destroys the entity. Mm-hmm. Like... There's so many weird things within <laughs> biology. Preach. Yeah, right? Uh, which should foster curiosity. Like, we should be okay with that. Yeah. Uh, and be okay, honestly, with the agnosticism of it. Of like, I'm not really sure why. Yeah. You know? Um, but anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, our My question for you is, is within this framework, and all the things we've unpacked, uh, with what we talked about with Randy's podcast about how even the biological world within the science community is like, look, we got to reassess this whole Darwinian tree thing uh, because the Cambrian explosion kind of sets off a, a, a kind of a big bomb for us mm-hmm. of like we look at the fossil records and even Darwin himself said my theory will be held up by the fossil records. Mm-hmm. And it's like, OK things where the contradiction doesn't seem to be coming from scripture. It seems to be coming from the science community itself. And so my question for you is, is how do we, you being a theist, how do we understand all of this biodiversity that we have here? Yeah, it's really a great question. Um, and one that I don't know that I have the answers for, like you're sort of alluding to, um, something that my curiosity does drive. And so I'm, constantly picking up books looking for yeah. other insight along the way wait you read other books well like i you... listen to them oh, i listen to yes, podcasts and yeah. audio books yeah everybody from 2000 yes. and beyond is like rolling in their <laughs> graves like i had to read so many books yeah exactly i couldn't listen to somebody on two times <laughs> no i do have physical books yes yes, yes 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 but uh yeah so to, to answer the question, uh, I think in light of all that we've discussed, I, I really have two solutions. Uh, and, and I think these are probably the most mainstream, but I'm glad to discuss them more. If other people, you know, have other ideas, put them yeah. in the sh- uh, comments. Yeah, comments, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, there'll be a list of things here in the yeah. show notes you yeah. can go through later. But yeah. the, the two that I have come up with uh, that I've seen the most are um, one that each individual species was and still is created separately yeah. by God, as we would say, de novo. Yeah. Uh, it's its own separate act of creation. It right. may have similar br- blueprints, right. right? They have similar genes or, um, you know, um, things have eyes and the yeah. eyes are very similar right. from organism to organism. Right. That's sort of a copy and paste, maybe some minor tweaks. Right. Or a banana has like we share fifty percent of DNA with a banana. Yep. Right. Like. <laughs> what? So there's a similar designer, yeah. uh, just copying, pasting, and tweaking and, yeah. and modifying. This is also sometimes called a bottom-up approach, where every single thing is sort of controlled for wow. as a as an engineer. We're gotcha. Okay. Literally designing each part. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, the other idea is that evolution would give rise to each species, yeah. but this being a guided process um again so we've sort of hashed this out i I, I don't need to go through it too much but in terms of getting to the biodiversity you know we do have some special acts of creation 
and I don't know how many exact acts yeah. of creation there are. I kind of, um, you know, been taught a, a lot of different theories for this, but being a microbiologist, yeah. one of these theories goes all the way back to sort of almost primordial soup. You have to get some sort of cell, yeah. but then these little um, cellular machines or factories yeah. started actually changing our environment from like hydrogen to an yeah. oxygen, and yeah. this is the, where we start then forming a planet where humans could, could come live. in. Yeah. And so there's sort of a little bit of engineering early on, but these species then as we have different needs for different resources or yeah. different kinds of animals, each, each animal has a role to play. That's yeah. why God put them here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then this question is how, how did that happen? And right. we still don't know. There's yeah. actually some fascinating debates that are happening even like this week yeah. that uh, you <laughs> right. know are going to talk about the, this that. question. How, yeah. did, <laughs> how did the biodiversity get to where it is? Yeah. 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 So uh, those are really the two that I see either like everything's de novo created yeah. or that this evolutionary process was a tool yeah. that God used to, to yeah. direct us here. And what's beautiful about that. And as we, whoops, sorry about that. Everybody let's start that one. What's cool about that. And <clears throat> I think what kind of helps us land this plane is in this final section of, of why does it matter is that both of those are viable options. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's again where the curiosity comes in and the agnosticism of like we're not sure and that's okay but what's really really important is that you can still be a Christian and do good science and find these things out especially if you're doing science that's faithful to philosophy, mm. right? Um, because oftentimes what will happen is people will jump into the lab and they just do their science and then they're like, well, science is all that that, that is, so mm-hmm. this is all that matters, right? Yeah. And it's like, but what about how that works within reality, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's also subject to interpretation. That's like the yes. last part of all you gather the data, then you have to interpret. Yes. Data. And there's so many viewpoints or yes. biases. I think you talked about with Randy Yeah, that you can come in there Yeah, and for better or worse, that's affected things. Like yeah. he, he talked about Galileo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so like, hey, observation. Guys, I don't think we're the center of the universe. Are you sure? <laughs> arrest that man. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they put him under house arrest. Excommunicate yeah. him. Get him out of the church, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, <clears throat> Kepler was also mentioned and yep. uh, how that he reveled, or, sorry, that God revealed to us in the language of mathematics yeah. how the planets were formed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Collins would probably similarly say in. Uh, his book, The Language of God, it's got the DNA yeah. double helix on the front. That yeah. DNA is revealing us the language or one of the languages of God yeah. um, right there. Yeah. So. And so that that should cause us to um, to remember I, and that science and the Bible are not mutually exclusive. Mm. When governed by theology and philosophy, more precisely, when governed by philosophy or, or what what or why what is matters um science and the bible can go hand in hand mm. um and then uh one of the other things is that again none of us were there 
none of us saw it. Yep. So in all respects, it, it's not about blind faith per se, mm-hmm. but it, it is about like, well, I believe God to be faithful mm-hmm. in how he acts. Yep. So I don't think he just wound a clock, set it in motion and said, great, let's see what happens. Yep. Right. I, I think that God had his hands in and through all of creation. Um, and a lot of those things we can't exactly test. Exactly. You know, and so scientific you, method only gets you so far. Correct. And so if a scientist comes to you and says, we don't need God anymore, we have science, well, then where did love come from? Where did hope come from? Where did mm. these non-testable metaphysical categories come from? Yeah. Um, uh, why is it that a human body with uh, pre-death, just before it dies, why is it that the chemistry and the science are basically the same <laughs> the moment after death, yep. but we all know that thing to be dead? And to not be a human anymore, that it is literally a lump of meat. Like how, do, how does that change? Yep. Right. Um, why is that? What, what's the thing that's different then, you know? Um, and so again, this, this matters because, um, uh, this helps us understand, this helps us understand reality better. Yeah. Um, and it, it accounts for all of the concepts that we have, I think. And so, um, again, the whole point is for us to remember that this is about curiosity mm-hmm. and this is about continuing to investigate. Yep. And then, uh, as the scientific method in our terms, uh, def- is defined, is yep. defined, we need to modify our hypotheses. Both of us, both yep. sides of this discussion. Listen, Definitely. the earth can't just appear to be old. Okay. <laughs> modify the hypothesis <laughs> what if it's flat exactly <laughs> right and what if there are pillars underneath it okay like and what if there's a dome with water That's on the outside i mean it's what the bible says right yeah. age of the earth though just gets me so riled up okay like, now y'all know how to get matthew riled yeah, up dude, next time just be like i think it just really looks old are you old matthew or do you just appear old <laughs> what <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, um, you know, what's funny is we probably didn't help anybody with this <laughs> podcast. Everybody's like, well, well, you didn't give me any answers. Exactly. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Like, um, and that's, what's so sad about, I think today's day and age is that it's this idea of like, uh, well, you know, if you're not going to fire and brimstone the other team, mm. you, like if you're not going to, if you're not going to draw the line. Yeah. And it's like, b- but like, Let's be intellectually honest. Let's let's look at philosophy. Let's look at the science that's out there. Let's interpret the data that we have. Let's look at the Bible and what it says, and mm-hmm. let's try to marry those together. That's the line we want to draw. Yep. Right. Let's come together rather than segregate. Yeah, because yep. there are things that that even you know an atheistic scientist can bring to the table mm-hmm. that in their discoveries that we can be like, hey, that furthers. Yeah, my research, or, or even in these viewpoints, uh, like yeah. I don't know that I ascribe to any one of them uh, specifically. I think yeah. there's things that are nice about each of them, or most of them, and then there are some holes yeah. as well. And yeah. so we need to come together and talk about both sides of that. Yeah, the and maybe that will actually move things our understanding forward in Correct. a way that can be disseminated. Yeah, to spread the light of Christ. Yeah, and 
Uh, also a little bit of science. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> you gotta, Cause you gotta, have, gotta have some science. Um, You're such but, a nerd. <laughs> totally. I don't even deny it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, Ethan, this was fun. Um, thank you so yes. much for all you're doing. Thank you for all the research you're doing. And uh, thank you for being willing to sit and chat about this topic. Yep. And my, um, my pleasure. Glad yeah. to chat with you more or anyone yeah. else who has questions. Yeah. You know, just uh, let, let's have a cup of coffee and, and yeah. discuss. And yeah, Absolutely. go from there. Cool. Uh, well, hey, everybody. If you thought this podcast was helpful, if you have any of those people who are in your life who uh, – are requiring you to draw lines, um, maybe share this podcast with them and then they can be mad at us and not you. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But like, subscribe, um, share with a friend, uh, leave us a comment, uh, leave us any kind of review. Uh, We are always trying to be better with our content. We're always trying to be better with how we we are uh, discipling uh, through this form of media. So uh, thanks, guys, so much for listening, and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys later. So thanks again, guys. We'll see you.